Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Tell someone next to you, there's somebody you know that needs Jesus. Amen. And it might be you this morning. Amen. Good morning to all of you. Amen. It's so glad, good to have you in our 11 o'clock service. Amen. We've had a tremendous revival. We had a tremendous first service. We kicked it off Friday night with a challenging message. If you haven't been here, if you haven't been at the services, remember you can go listen online. You can watch them on YouTube. You can watch the whole service. You can listen on the podcast. But I want you to go back and listen to these messages if you missed them. Because Friday was a challenge. I said, Lord, challenge us. It was a great challenge. Last night, they preached on the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They have a tremendous testimony that uh, Pastor Mike's wife, Dee, shared. And uh, the altars were full. People were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we started the service at 6, and people didn't leave till after 9 o'clock last night. Amen. That's God moving. Amen. And so I know that today we got a special word. And for those that are on the live stream, we welcome you watching today. Um, Pastor Mike is a renowned, very well-known singer. It's what he does, but that's, that's what he likes to do. What he really is is a preacher of the gospel. Amen. And this is a tremendous couple. We love them. We love their humility. And uh, they travel all around the United States and sing. He has a song right now that's number one in the United States and country. Uh, he's won many, many awards but, again, his passion is the preaching. He, when he gets opportunities to, to minister places, and he preaches. And he always takes Jesus with him, amen, when he goes to do these things. So he's a Marine veteran. He's a, he's a, he's a man's man. He's a, he's, I think he's Texan at heart, amen. <laughs> and uh, I found out that we're both poppies. I didn't know that. So we're both poppies, and he's possibly very soon going to be a great poppy. He's got some, t- some grandkids that are at that married age. Amen. How many came to receive what the Lord has for us this morning? Amen. How many believe that God has a, a divine word this morning for our church? I do. Back in January, Pastor Mike called me. We didn't have a revival scheduled. And he said, I have been praying, and I don't take this lightly. He said, I've been praying, and I have a word for your church. And, you know, lots of people say those things. And you don't just let anybody come that says they have a word for you, amen? But I know this man, and I know his ministry, and I know his heart, and I, and I said, I want to hear that word. And so he's got a great word for our church specifically here in Denton, Texas this morning. I want you to make sure that as he comes one last time, Pastor Mike Leitner comes. I want you to give him some VWO Denton love this morning, amen? Let him know you love him and appreciate him as he comes, Amen. Okay. I've got country in my soul Little blues and rock and roll But style alone won't change a thing If I can't mention his name Reach way down and save my soul Took a broken heart and made it whole Unashamed I stand and say that Jesus is his name His name is Jesus Precious Jesus He 
took all my sin and sorrow for my shame. His name is Jesus, my King and Savior. And He's coming back someday for all of those who love His name. Who loves his name this morning? I love picking my guitar Writing songs the way things are About that flag and how we're free Love songs and family Writing songs of my best friend Respect for those who blew again but I have to say my favorite thing Just to sing about a name His name is Jesus Precious Jesus He took all my sin and sorrow For my shame His name is Jesus And he's coming back someday For all of those who love his name Love his name His name is Jesus Precious Jesus He took all my sin and sorrow for my shame His name is Jesus my King and Savior and He's coming back someday for all of those who love His name love His name who love his name, love his name, who love his name, love his name. I love country. Gospel, don't you? You have to. You're in Texas. I always want to play with Nashville Pickers, so I get to on my tracks. Amen. There's an old song my uncle used to sing, and I, I saw many souls walk the aisle and give their life to Christ Jesus. It's, it's, sometimes I like to bring back the old songs and put a little today's music with them and, and bring them in. But how many can say today that Jesus signed your pardon and set you free? Here's an old song, Jesus signed my pardon. <laughs> J. 
Jesus signed my pardon, yes, I surely know. Took my place at Calvary, now I won't have to go. All my life forgive him, he gave his for me. When he signed my pardon, there at Calvary, now, now I, I am free. Praise God, I'm free. Praise God, I'm free. I was in sin's prison, oh, so dark and cold. Like a lost ship wandering from God's eternal fold. When the door swung open, then he spoke to me. I have signed your pardon, now you may go free. Now I am free. Praise God, I'm free. Praise God, I'm free. Since my Savior led me from that awful place, I could hear the angels, they sing amazing grace. I knew that I was pardoned for my sin and shame. When I joined singing, glory be His name, now I am free. Praise God, I'm free. Praise God, I'm free. My life is now with living since I've been set free. I'm so glad he was willing to save a wretch like me. Now I have a mansion, not a prison wall. Since he signed my pardon, Jesus paid it all. Now I am free. Praise God, I'm free. Praise God, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> well, praise the name of Jesus. How many love the Lord this morning with all your heart, your soul, and your mind? How many is ready for a fresh word of God this morning? Praise the name of Jesus. I have a word from the Lord. I, I talked to your pastor, as he said, back in January. I was in prayer, actually, Pastor, when I, I was sitting around the fireplace, and I love, uh, I love a good fire. And I was sitting around the fireplace there, and I was talking to God, and God was talking back to me. And uh, I was just, just going over the year to come and kind of the goals and things that I wanted to see in our ministry. And you came to my mind. I'm telling you, it's like I'm looking at you right now. This church came to my mind. I saw your pastor in, 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 in my mind. And, and uh, I began to pray for you, of course. But then God began to lay a message on my heart for this house of God. If I've ever seen a house of God that has potential to reach a world for God, it's this church right where I'm standing. It's not the size of the fighter in the fight. It's, it's the size of the heart that in the fighter that's in the fight. 
And you and I today are standing here, and, and there's greatness among us. God only knows what's here today. But you're looking today at a 10th grade dropout. Not proud of that. I had a scholarship uh, offer to play for OU football, and, and I got with the wrong crowd, and I dropped out of school. My dad said, if you're not going to go to school, you're going to go to the United States Marine Corps. Would to God I'd have finished school. When I got behind those, that, those yellow footprints and got on those and saw that bulldog drilling instructor, I thought, Dad got even with me today because Dad had to co-sign for me to go. But there's something I want to give to you today. I want to talk about a holy calling. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works or I could say ability or talent, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I believe with all of my heart that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they said, let us make man and reach down and form from the clay of man. Uh, I believe that they spoke everything over every life that would ever be born. That's why abortion is so wrong because every life is precious in God's sight and there's a gift in every baby that's born. Would you say amen? amen. That, 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 that's what's so important that we understand. I believe that everything that Mike Leitner was was spoke over me that day. That, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had destiny for me and, and, and the apostle called it a holy calling, not according to our own purpose and our own grace and our abilities, but according to what God himself has for us. You see, I was raised in a godly home, the singing Ledbetter family, very famous family that traveled with groups that you would know, the Goodman family, the Oak Ridge Boys, Blackwood Brothers, and the Rambos, and, and groups of that nature, the Henson family. We traveled all over the nation singing gospel concerts, from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and come home back on sun, uh, after Sunday and come home and go back to our jobs uh, on, on Monday. But I, would, I traveled with them and knew the power of God. I, knew, I saw souls saved, but I, I never was saved at that time. I was a young man that, that was 17 years of age, and my, as I say, my daddy signed for me to join the Marine Corps. I went in the Marine Corps in the Vietnam era, the, the time that, that I got my orders in 1973 to go to Vietnam. Uh, my ship was turned around and Nixon bombed and pulled us out. I was at the very end of that thing. But in that time, I got so far away from God. That's one reason that I sing the Patriot songs that I sing and made a Patriot album. It, it's got me on these different bases, the naval base right down the road, the air base in Fort, Smith, Fort Worth, Arkansas, or Fort Worth, Texas, if you will, and, and I, I, I'm able to sing to troops that's just going over to, to in harm's way in Afghanistan. I was able to, to, to sing and, and speak to a bunch of Marines, of about 400 of them, and, and two-thirds of them answered the altar call right before they went into Afghanistan. Come on, somebody. Because I know that somebody's backslidden son or somebody's son that was raised in church, our daughter, if you will, that, that is going to harm's way, that is sitting there in those dull, dead chapel services in the, in the military, and some anointing come in there, and they can remember their childhood. That's what I hope for every time I go and sing for the veterans and sing on bases. I got so far away from God as far as my raising 
And I, I came back from the Marine Corps. Dee and I came back, and, and I, we began to tour again with the family, and they put the guitar in my hands. And when the conviction would get great, I'd hide behind my amplifier, and I'd try to hide from the Holy Ghost, but you can't hide from the Holy Ghost. But what, what the Holy Ghost did, you see, I want to say this right off the top, that if you have a son or daughter that's lost without God and they're out in the nightclubs now or they're away from God, they can be in lesbianism or homosexuality no matter what it is. I want you to know one thing. They're only working on their testimony because bless the name of the Lord, we're not going to have it. They're not going to die without God on our watch. <laughs> Listen to me now. This young girl and I, her grandmother served God, was a, was a, a, a wonderful woman of God. My family was a, a singing, wonderful people of God, but yet their children were lost. But we met in a nightclub. I'm going to tell you some destiny, God's destiny can happen no matter where anybody's at. We met when we were lost, but God knew that that little girl was going to be so full of God, the Holy Ghost, one day that people would be baptized in the Holy Ghost in her testimony. Can you say amen? That's what I want you to understand don't 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 you don't you uh, sweat it because they're just working on their testimony because they're going to come through and God can bring your destiny through any kind any kind of way he can he can reach listen God can you if the devil can use uh, or God can use Nebuchadnezzar uh, a wicked king if he can use kings like that to get his point across he can do anything at a nightclub no matter where it may be and God will bring destiny come on you ought to speak destiny over your child right now Y'all just, just call up the gift of God in your sons and your daughters right now where they may be and just begin to speak it in, in your prayer and say, God, I know that the holy calling is going to come upon my son and daughter. I felt that right there. So I was running from God. But he threw me a curve and he saved my party girl. He saved her. Everything changed. She got saved on the bus listening to a gospel song. That's one reason I sang too. Nothing was the same after that. While I was running the nightclubs and I was singing in nightclubs, there came a struggle on the inside of me, a pulling, a calling. I led a big bouncer man to the Lord a few years back that he was going to go commit suicide because he had needle cracks up and down his arm and he couldn't get free. His, his wife came to my church said, go and see my pastor before you do. When he came to see me, I, 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 God gave me, I asked God, give me a word for this man that's coming. She called me and said, he's coming. He's going to commit suicide. Uh, he's got the gun. It's going to be all over. But, but you, you got to have a word for him, pastor. I asked God for a word, knelt right down on my floor in my office. And God said, tell him where the can't, what the canker worm and the pommel worm has ate. God said, I'll make it as it never was. And when that man came in my office, I said those words to him. He begin to weep and cry. You know why? He said, because I was raised by, uh, by a church of God, a pastor that backslid, and my mama backslid. They both ran off with other people's wives and husbands, and, and I, I got mad at God, but I had a call of God on my life, but right there on that floor, that call of God came back in that life, and that man was my prison pastor for six years before he went to heaven. It was a holy calling and that struggle on the inside of me. What I'm trying to say is that some may be sitting here today or listening to me online and you have a struggle on the inside of you and sometimes you may not be very nice. It, it may make you grumpy. It may make you kind of mean. It may, may take all the joy out of your life. Listen, the, God made you to have joy in your life. 
to enjoy every day. Can somebody say amen? To be able to say, this is the greatest day of my life, every day of your life, because you're walking in the things of God. But let me tell you one thing. You may be struggling because, but because there's a calling on the inside of you. There's something deep down on the inside of you. There's some of you sitting here that's tried to do other things, but you can't do other things because you're not happy doing them, and there's something missing on the inside. It might be because you're missing the holy calling of God. It was the holy calling that I had no idea was on me. I ran from club to club, and I would come home at 3 a.m. in the morning after shutting down the clubs and singing in the nightclubs, and my little uh, newly saved wife would have tears on the Bible laying on the couch where she had been praying for me for God to end my season in sin, and she'd be in the, in the bedroom, and I'd go in there, and I, I knew sometimes she was she act like she was asleep, but she was not asleep, and she'd lay her hand over on me and begin to pray, God, save my husband. I don't want to go to heaven alone without this man. I I love this man and she sought God for me. She had no idea the gift of God that was on the inside of me but she knew that there was a call coming of salvation because she wasn't going to heaven without me and bless God because she prayed I got saved. Would somebody say amen? There was a new path for me. God was calling me. God's destiny for my life. She was about eight months pregnant. And I would drive by the church when I was lost, and I would just have her hop out because I was, I was afraid to get near that church. But what, that one Sunday, I, to make a long story short, I got out and I went in and I sat down by the, by the back doors, those double doors, those swinging doors. I, 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 matter of fact, I sat over here and got my left hand on it so I could, I could make my run. I used to be a track star, so I, I, I knew how to get, get in the stance. I was ready, buddy. I, I mean, I, I was dug in. I was ready. And they were singing, worshiping God, and the power of God began to come. I saw my big grandpa sitting up on the stage, and, and, and he, had, he was eyeballing me. He was watching me. And I thought, dear God, it's going to be a moment. He's going to be coming after me. So I sit there, and when it got just a certain point, I couldn't take it anymore. I jumped up to run. I hit those double doors and ran right into my uncle that's that pastor of the church after him for many years. And he stopped me and said, son, wait, hold on just a minute. About that time, I heard footprints behind me. Here come my grandfather. He laid his hand on me like I'd seen him lay hands on so many people down through the years and turned me around and said, son, won't you give your, give your heart to Jesus? Give God a chance. He'll be the best friend you ever had. And ladies and gentlemen, they carried me down that aisle and, and God changed my life there. I gave him my yesterday, my today. Everything changed on the inside. But here's what you've got to understand about the holy calling of God in your life. It's not just enough to be saved. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need to have the discerning of spirits. You need to have the power on the inside. I thought everything was all right. I'd been saved, but the, my old band called me back. And I hate to tell you the name of it, but it was called Mike Leitner and the Strawberry Cream. You could tell by the name we wasn't going anywhere. But they said, we, we, we need you just to fill in. Just, just fill in one night. Well, that one night became a, a, a week's. Because the old life began to pull me back in. Wasn't long that I was sneaking back out in the garage and smoking a reefer. I got right back in the same junk that I was. I know some people don't believe in backsliding, but people do it anyway. I walked in one night after being in that nightclub. I walked in and the moonlight was shining on my little baby's, baby boy's face. He wasn't quite a year old yet. 
And I, I fell on the inside. I don't want that boy to experience the things I'm experiencing. So that next day, I got up and I went to my grandmother's home, and she was on the front porch with her Bible. And I knelt down at her knees, and I told her, I said, Grandma, I, I've kind of got out of church. I, I've kind of backslid. She said, Son, I knew it all along. I've been praying for you that God would run your season to sin. Thank God for grandmothers and mothers that will pray, God, run my, seat, my son and my daughter's season in sin. She said, pray this after me, son. I said, I said okay, grandma. She said, sink or swim. I said, sink or swim. Hell or high water. Hell or, I couldn't believe this was coming out of my grandmother. Hell or high water. Here's my yesterday. Here's my yesterday. Here's my today. Here's my tomorrow. I give you forever yes. And right there, destiny was born in my soul. I got up from that moment. My two brothers and I began to sing together, a, a kind of a Gatlin-style harmony, acoustical band. We traveled all over the country singing in different churches. And God's, uh, 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 his, his plan began to uh, unfold in my life. Pretty soon my brothers got to say in those concerts, are we going to sing tonight or are you going to preach? Because God would come on me and I'd start, I'd start, I'd start putting things together and I'd start kind of outlining a song and I'd start preaching. And they say, are, are you going to preach tonight? Well, God began to call me with a clarion call to preach the word of God. I had an old prophet of God, an old man of God that, that, that caught me one time when I was lost. D and I was lost running from God. And he caught us on a stairway. The family had sang. I had a big concert, the Ledbetter family. And we went to these people's house to, to eat. And I crawled up as high as I could on the stairway. As I stood on that stairway, D and I eating our dinner away from everybody. Here comes that prophet of God. He sticks his big long finger in my face. It looked three foot long. His eyes were baby blue. And he said, son, you're not, you can run, but you can't hide from your mom and daddy's God. Not only are you going to be saved, but you're going to you're going to preach the word of God. Not only are you going to preach the word of God, but you're going to lead your family to the baptism in the Holy Ghost. God began to move in my life at that time. As we traveled, I saw God, what he did in, in our lives. In 1980, God did something awesome. God began to call D&I at Theode Creek right there in Tulsa. Sitting out there in a revival with my grandfather, I was, listening to this, you talk about a call of God on your life, a holy calling. I was just a singer. But all of a sudden, God began to call me to preach. And now, now they began to ask me for revival. And I would go and I would not sing, but I would preach. We were there. My grandfather would preach one night. He would stir, he, he would stir them up and, get, and, and stir their bristles up. And I'd come back the next night and I'd preach and I'd pour oil on it. <laughs> he was one of them old-time preachers. He said, I, he'd take a text. And he'd preach from Genesis to Revelation. and never touch that text. We were sitting out there, D and I were sitting out there on, on, on an old log in one of the little tributaries of, of that lake, and God began to speak to us. Somebody had brought an RV for us to live in that week as my grandfather had his RV parked there, and D found out that she said, I can raise a family in one of these. And that's when God called D&I in 1980 to full-time ministry. My first revival was Pea Ridge, Arkansas, right down, the, right down the road from Chicken Bristle, not too far from Toad Suck. 
you could tell we was going places right there. But I want to tell you something, the first revival I preached at Pea Ridge, Arkansas, they only had little wooden benches. That's all they had. They didn't even have cement floors. Uh, it, was a, it was a meager place. They didn't have indoor plumbing. But I knew one thing as I began to preach the word of God, souls began to come to Jesus Christ. And I began to understand that God had something on the inside of me that I didn't quite understand. And we began to travel all across the country in the 80s. And, and, and listen, and when we were booked, all of a sudden our, our schedule was booked up to two years from coast to coast no promoter no connections no cell phones no smartphones no iPads no internet no Twitter no emails and no text no social media and God took us from coast to coast because there was a call of God on my life can you give God a shout of praise here's the scripture God gave me so long ago and I want you to look at it it's in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, pardon me, chapter 2 and verse 9. But it, as it is written, say that with me, but as it is written, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. In other words, that will submit to him and, and, and stand with him in that, in that time of calling. And the Bible says, he gave me another verse that I got a hold of this and I want you to get a hold of it today. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7. It says, Then said I, Lo, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. In the volume I will do thy will, O God. In the volume of the book it is written of me. You see, God has written a book about every life. There's God's plan. There's God's design. There's God's blueprint. And then there's your purpose. There's your desires. There's your dreams. you got to make up your mind. What do you want today? Do I want what God has written about? How many want what God's written about you? In other words, if there's a book written about me, dear God, I want to know about that. I've got buddies that I that I used to party with and, and do dope with and all that kind of stuff that now, I mean, they look like they, they lived back then. Tattoos on the head, top of the head to the soles of their feet, but they're on the street preaching Jesus Christ because God had a plan for them and they're living the purpose of God in their life. Going from harvest to crop to harvest of crop to harvest crops for their living, but preaching the gospel on the streets every night because there's a purpose. There's a book written about every one of us. Already completed, predestined, God ha has for your life. And you've got to understand that. You see, that's for those that answer the call and respond and say, God, I, I would rather have your will. You see, that will help you serve God, young people. Just, just, just look at it like that. Do I want what God wants for me? What God has for me? Or do I want to pursue the things that people that have no sense, have no morals, but just follow the lust of the flesh? Oh, God has incredible things for you. You're looking at a 10th grade dropout that God has taken from coast to coast, given me every award you can win with my music, and, and, and nobody even knew my name. Why? Because God's purpose is in me, and when God's purpose is in you, ain't nothing impossible with God. Forty-six years, this has been my confidence. 
as it is written. And I've held on to that. There'll be times you'll have to hold on to that when it looks kind of thin. There'll be times when you'll have to hold on to that when you look at your ministry or you may start a church or, or something of that nature or a ministry and nobody shows up, two or three show up. It, 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 may be, it may be nobody at all and you wonder what's going on. you got to remind the devil, it is written to me. i got this call on the inside of me and God is going to make a way somehow. 1984, D and I were praying for more of the Holy Ghost. As she told you last night, I had a Bible uh, hidden. It was a hidden Bible because I was a part of a denomination that did not believe in speaking in tongues, let alone the baptism in the Holy Ghost. They didn't believe in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. They just believed in the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and so I, I was preaching uh, in a Free Will Baptist Church and had my RV parked outside of it, and I had that Bible uh, uh, stuck in the between the wall and the mattress of our bed and, and I hid it back there and I had question marks all the way through it because I couldn't understand when, when Philip had a great revival and then they called for the disciples that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Why why did they do that when they already had joy, already had healing? Is because there is a wonderful baptismal experience. Make a long story short, my wife got gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost. I knew that girl, and I knew it was real. So I watched her life, and I got so hungry for the Holy Ghost, I would preach revival in the, in the Baptist church and go out in my van, plug in the air conditioner, and I'd get on my face, and I'd cry out to God until God gloriously baptized me in the Holy Ghost in fire. I want you to know there is a baptism in the Holy Ghost. The devil is a lie. Because of this new gift now, think about this. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, revivals cancel one after the other. 2,000 miles away, people begin to hear about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's because my home church had taken away my credentials. My home church had canceled my revival a year in that church. And I had family that was calling ahead of me to the places where I was supposed to go in the nominal churches and telling them, you can't have him because he speaks in tongues. I was 2,000 miles away from home. And here's the statement that they made. This came back to us. They can't make it now. They won't be able to make it now. They don't have us. They can't make it now. And, and that's, that's the lie of the devil. And the devil slipped over to me and whispered in my ear when I heard all of that stuff and said, where's it written now boy where's it written now I was so depressed I got up from my little RV and I said D I'm going to the store I went down to the store to get some food because I like it what you laughing for babes is in my future if it had been babes out in California, I'd have been at babes. But I went to get something to eat. I ran into an Assembly of God presbyter. I didn't know what that was. I'd never been in an Assembly of God church except for my family singing in them. He said, I'm a presbyter, and we're, to have a, we're having a presbyter's sectional meeting. And uh, you, need to, you need to come. I told him who I was and what was going on, you know. They, 
I was an evangelist. And he, he just kind of asked me what, he just out of nowhere started talking to me, asked me who I was, what was I doing. I said, I'm out here, and I've had all my revivals canceled. He said, well, you, you, need, you need to, what happened to you? And I, I said, well, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said, glory to God. He said, you got to come tomorrow. Meet the brethren. I thought, okay, a Baptist in among a bunch of Pentecostals. So I went and I sat down and I told the early crowd that there's a evangelist singing for, his, singing for his meal and another one handing out flashing pens and cards. And I sunk down. I said, God, it is written about me. I refuse to beg. I'm not going to ask anybody nothing. Either you're God or you're not God. I believe that you are and I'm going to stand with you. I slumped down in my seat about that time. That man said, hey, we've got a Baptist preacher here. And I, you have to understand when you say Baptist in a Pentecostal meeting, it's like... So I stood up, and when I stood up, I didn't stand by myself. Glory to God. I felt that right there. When I stood up, God stood up with me. When I opened my mouth, I'd never heard such preaching in my life, and it was coming out of my mouth. All of a sudden, it was in the vineyard there. And all of a sudden, I forgot this earlier this morning, but there was a man stood up and began to prophesy and said, I, I God, has sent a, a watering to this vineyard if you will see him. I had 46 cards uh, sticking in my pocket because the man in the middle pastored a huge church uh, downtown of a 2,500-seater. It was a legendary Holy Ghost camp meeting church, and, and he, he, Joe writes his name. He looked like God to me. He had white hair. Now I've got white hair. And he said, son, I want you to come preach at my church. When can you come? He said it for all the preachers. I said, this was Friday. I said, how about Sunday? He said, this Sunday? Folks, he booked me. And I preached with doctorates lining the stage and a 10th grade dropout that had been saved and memorized most of the Bible, stood there and preached the word of God in that place, and that revival broke out in two weeks. My name went all across America, uh, all across uh, California, and all of a sudden I was in a, a revival in, in North California with one of those pastors, and I got a call. They said, Jan Crouch is on the phone. Jan Crouch was ahead of TBN. I said, right, that's a joke. Hang up on them. They hung up on them. She called back again and said, this is Jan Crouch. I want that guy on... Friday night live to give that testimony to make a long story short. D and I went. D gave the testimony. I mean, there were stacks of cards of Baptist, Methodist pastors being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And here's the good news. My home church had to sit and watch that. I said, devil, here's where it's written. I have not seen and ear hath not heard what God has prepared for those who will love him and obey him. That's what I want you to understand. The glory of God in the call. And I'm giving you my testimony in this case just so you can understand and know what God will do in a life. 2014, I'd been singing Southern gospel music and, and, and I had never had anything happen. All of a sudden, the man that wrote a lot of songs for the, for the Happy Goodman family and the Henson family, great big groups that you may know, the Oak Ridge Boys, uh, he gave me 10 songs and said, you're not a Southern gospel singer, you're a country singer. You need to sing country style. It's a new style coming up in the body of Christ. You need to take it and, and, and record it. I recorded it. I released the first one. It went number one in the nation house of good news the promoters called me from everywhere said what's your name what do you do I said I'm a pastor I said where at Mays Kansas 
Mays, Kansas, that's corny. No pun intended. I hope they don't see this back home. Who's your promoter? There's all promoters. I said capital G-O-D. And church, I've never had one except for radio promoters that promote my music because God takes everything. I've had five number ones, three of them that I have written in the last four years. Won't you give God a shout of praise right now? <laughs> Come on, somebody. I could have stayed with Mike Lightning and the Strawberry Cream. I, I could have still been singing for my, for my uh, uh, buffalo wings. But I've got news for you. God's got bigger plans for you than hell has for you. Won't you give God a shout right there? Daniel, hallelujah to God. So God began to call me in that area. And then we was in revival. North Carolina. And you wouldn't know that we was preaching on an ark in North Carolina. Nags Head, North Carolina. That revival went into two weeks. D and I, to make a long story short, was praying together, and all of a sudden, through the gifts of the Spirit, God began to call us home to build an ark. I told the people in the early service, I asked God, why not a pyramid? Build an ark in Kansas? I can understand it on the, on the shores of Nags Head. But an ark... So we quit praying together. We said, well, we're going to quit praying together for a while because I had no idea. I had no desire to pastor a church. I've seen what pastors have been through. My grandfather was one. I thought, I, I'm put, listen, I've got wheels on my home. I've got an RV, and I can just, just hit them hard and just get my home and roll off. <laughs> but when you're pastoring, you can't do that. He began to call us to preach, to, 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 to build a church. We ran from that for a while. We did. I, I booked another tour in California, and the first one I got into, it, it was Bethel, the one that does all the great, wonderful worship. And I was there at Bethel, and I, I tried to preach the Word of God. I couldn't think of my name. And, and that was on Sunday. We it was booked through Wednesday. And I told the pastor, I said, I'm sorry, pastor. I've disobeyed God. I'm going home. He said, I know you have, son. I can tell by the way you preach. No, he didn't do that. He, he's a friend. He just said, I understand it. So Dee and I went home and we started it. <laughs> they said, you'll never build a church where you want to go. God showed us the place, did he, Dee? He showed you the land in a vision. We went over there and we bought that land. The farmer said, I'm not going to sell this land. It's been in my, been in my family 100 years. We're not going to sell this land. And he, he was working on his tractor. I turned around and walked off. And, and, and he taking off his gloves. He turned his tractor off and said, hey, listen, you got any money? I said, my, my father has a whole lot of it. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? To make a long story short, before a year, we had built the ark on that land supernaturally by the power of God with over 400 people in attendance. Can you give God a shout of praise right on the highway? Mm -hmm. What they had said in Mays, nobody can ever build a church out here. Everybody's tried. Nobody will fail. I said, but it is written. Come on, somebody. God said it is written. I've held that over my, in my heart. I've, I've kept that in my spirit all these years because it is written about me. It's written about you. I have not seen it. As it is written about me, as it is written about me in the scroll of the book, I will fulfill those things. I will do that will. That's what the apostles said, and that's what has to come on 
on the inside of you. If there's an inkling of anything on the inside of you right now that you feel like, like that you may you may have a, a sensitivity to, it might be teaching, it might be preaching, it might be music, it, it might be even a businessman. I, I, you know, you, you got to understand there's some people in the pulpit that ought to be con, con, constructors. They should be contractors instead of pastors. But there's contractors that should be pastors. I'm talking about some. You need to listen on the inside what God the Holy Ghost is saying on the inside. Some of the greatest churches that D and I preach in is people that have lived their life as business people that would would call a God on their life and all of a sudden begin to realize, I I can't do this anymore and lay that down. One of them is a great missionary in Haiti, an IMO organization that has built churches after church, which we have built a few ourselves there. But he, he left it all aside because he said, I'm doing the wrong thing. And when he said that, God said, all right, you can have my plan. And now he's walking in God's plan and Haiti is coming to Jesus Christ. Can you give God a shout of praise right there? This is destiny right here, what I'm talking to you about. I feel with all of my heart there's such talent, there's such gifts, such calling, there's great vision to reach, to teach, and to send. I've got to meet several of you that, that are missionaries and your pastors, and I, oh, I feel so humble to stand before you. I really do with all my heart, soul, and mind. Let me talk to you about little towns. Let me talk to you about some of the little pastors uh, that, that's in little towns uh, that some look at in these big uh, conferences and sectional conferences, Assembly of God that we go to, some that have a lot of people that they call to do all the stuff, and they leave the little pastor sitting back there like he's not important. But I want to tell you something. The pastor that pastors in the town of a thousand people is just as important as one that passes in a million people would just shout amen the gift and the callings of God I'm going to tell you something it takes more determination it takes more confidence it takes more faith to stand up in the small areas but do not despise small areas because Corny Kansas Maze everybody knows the ark church is there it's a camp meeting church it's a soul winning church and when they need a healing when they need salvation they run to the ark. I don't know why I'm going off all of this. It's not even in my outlines, but I can tell you I feel this today. I feel that there's destiny here right now. We could have another uh, Catherine Kuhlman sitting here right now. We can have another another Billy Graham sitting in here right now. We can have a, another uh, uh, John Kilpatrick sitting in here right now. Come on, somebody, because there's there's destiny. John Kilpatrick, uh, what a great man of God. He's one of my best friends and uh, a, a pastor, and I serve on his board. I believe in his ministry of revival, but he was a young man that watched his dad abuse his mother. His dad walked out on him, never loved him. He had everything go wrong with him, but he had a pastor that saw something in him and put his arm around him and said, son, would you pray with me? And John Kilpatrick learned how to pray under the hand of a pastor in a small town, and God allowed him to raise up the, the Brownsville revival that, that caused millions of people, millions of people to come to Jesus Christ. Hands that had been blown off in the Vietnam War he watched God grow hands on somebody's stub because of the power of God in that house. I'm trying to tell you that nothing's impossible with God and there's greatness on the inside of this house and God wants to break it out. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In the volume of the book, I feel the rustling of pages right now. 
I, I, I can hear the rustling of pages right now in, in this room over this ministry of what God is doing right now that God has planned. He's looking, searching to and fro to find who he, he can show himself powerful in. I could go golf. Pastor, 32 years. Was an evangelist nine years. I could get me a boat. Nothing wrong with it, but I, I could get me a boat and I could go golf. I could go fish full time. I'm a great outdoorsman. My wife said, you need, to, you need to be a guide. You, you get the biggest deer and things I've ever seen. You, you, you need to, if you have any trouble with, with big deer, just let me know. I'll help you with your problem. I, I'll help you solve that. I could, I could. I could do that. I could just go be a guide. I was sitting the other day next to my pool. God's given us a beautiful pool 20 years ago. It's a beautiful pool. And sitting there in my chair next to my blow-up hot tub. Don't laugh at it. At least I got one. <laughs> I was sitting there and got a couple of new little barn cats that's playing around there and loving on me and I was loving on them. I was sitting out there with the beautiful tree. Looked like it, look, it looked, God's been so good to me. It looks like a state park. And I'm just sitting there. And I thought, I, I, I could do this. And then I began to pray. I found out there's still fire in the tank. There's still people I've got to reach for Jesus Christ. There's th still things I've never reached. The hand of God is making a way. He's making a new path for me. Now D and I are back full time on the road. He's given us health. I will not retire, but I will stay in the fire. I will pursue everything, D. We'll pursue everything God has for us. Everything ahead of us. It's not easy. Setting up equipment. All churches are like this. And a lot of time I've set up my full equipment. They watch me set it up and watch me carry it out. Sometimes it's hard. I walk into different style churches and cowboy churches. It's different and all kinds of things like that. I walk in there and I'm just a camp meeting preacher. I feel the butterflies and it's tough. But something rises up on the inside of me. I'm talking to somebody. The fire starts burning on the inside of my soul. When I walk behind that podium, when I step behind that microphone, there comes the hand of God. Standing in one of the biggest, the Grand Ole Opry, standing in one of the biggest award shows in the world. I was nervous about singing as a new song. I was worried about remembering the words. And I got ready to walk on that stage, D, and I was praying. The gifts of the Spirit began to move, and God said, just sing to me. Sing to me. Feel that anointing come on me. Walk into the pulpit sick as can be, a headache or things of that nature, thinking how in the world, and the anointing come on me and every bit of it leave my life and that gift and calling come on. There's something so wonderful and so powerful that God has for each and every one of us. What does God see over your life today? Hmm? 
What does God see over your life today? What does God know that he has for you? But you've not yet acknowledged that. Today is a day of acknowledgement. To acknowledge. I feel your call. This burns in my spirit. Listen, when I, when I started having number one songs, the people that was giving me songs quit because my songs were passing theirs. I said, God, what? God said, don't worry, I'll give you songs. I was waiting for somebody to send me a song, and all of a sudden I wake up in the morning, and I, I would hear some words, and I'd run for paper. I'd write down the words, and all of a sudden I'd hear a tune. I'd write the tune down, and God began to give me three number one songs. Because of that, that's on the inside of me. There's things I'm still finding out. And I'm as old as dirt. I'm still finding out things that God has for me. And I feel like a little child this morning because I'm excited to see what God has in store for me. Stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I feel the anointing right now. Hallelujah to God. How, how many feel the anointing in the house? Hmm. How many feel the clarion call of God in the house today? I want those that, that have something on the inside of them. you got something on the inside of you. you got something there. I want to today, if you just step out from where you are and join me up here and just come up here and say, yeah, there's something on the inside of me ain't yet come out. Come on, just step up here and obey the Lord right now. I don't care what it is. It could be a businessman. It could be a businesswoman that can support the church. There's something on the inside of me. There's, there's a song on the inside of me. I know it's there. I've got, I know the things God gave me. God gave me a talent. He gave me a voice. He, I didn't think my voice was good at all, but God thought it was. He gave me a voice. God has given you avenues, and God wants to use that avenue. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And he will use that avenue if you give it to him right there. Just lift your hand before the Lord. Come on, just call out on God right now. Call, sing that song again, darling. Sing, come on, that, that song. Come on, about, the, about rain. Come on, let him rain on you right now. The destiny of God on the inside of you. Praise the name of Jesus. I feel him right now. I sense him right now. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God will never repent of the gift of God in you. You may have stumbled. You may have backslid. You may have sinned and say, I can't do it anymore more. The devil's a lie. God will never repent. There's a second chance for you. Look at Jimmy Swaggart. He never laid down and now he has a worldwide ministry again. Come on somebody. Reach out to God. The devil is a lie. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.